Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite Post Show for February 8th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining us on your Wednesday evenings, wherever you may be. Shout out to my guy, Big Hodge, in the chat. Look at this guy over Big here, Hodge. man. Big Hodge in the chat, man. Everybody's hyped tonight. Everybody's there we go. Hyped. Everybody's hyped tonight. Jesse, what a fucking show, man. I, I sound like a broken record every week, man. Dynamite has been nothing but bangers. The in-ring action tonight might have been the best. And I feel like I say this every fucking week. The best that Tony Khan, or at least up there with the very best that Tony Khan has ever done on Wednesday night, man. Tremendous show from top to bottom tonight. Um, very little to dislike about tonight's show. Everybody put on a great performance and we got some storylines going into Revolution, man. I think everybody's fucking happy with the direction of AEW right now. Bro, I've seen I've seen pay-per-views with less action than this, man. Yeah. This was great. This was great. If you would have taken out the commercials, you could have charged 30 bucks for this show. Probably. Easily. Nice two-hour show, no commercials, raw, just straight wrestling with some story behind it. It was a you, great fucking show. You got, some, you got some level, pay-per-view man. level fucking matches. I mean, MJF, Takeshita, banger, which is always the case. Two of the very best in the world. Danielson and Roosh. Oh, my goodness. Absolute fucking chaos. A war. Man. A war between those two guys. The, the trios match with the elite, AR Fox, and Top Flight. Oh, my God. And then we got the storyline at the end of the night. The guns. Shocking the world against the acclaimed, the gun club, the ass boys are the new AEW tag team champions. And I guess we'll start off with that, Jesse. That's the big uh, the big question surrounding the ending of Dynamite. Now, I know you and I had talked about this in the weeks leading up to tonight's match. And we all kind of assumed that the proper direction would be daddy ass turning on the acclaimed and joining his sons once again. But tonight we didn't get that. It was more of a referee bump and then almost, you know, academic like in the gun club winning the tag team championships, which more than likely will lead to a rematch in the nefarious actions that happened tonight, a rematch going into AEW revolution in March. Now I know everybody is upset El Paso was upset, but I'm not upset at this decision. I, I, I don't know why Billy Gunn didn't turn, or at least not yet. Maybe they're saving it for the pay-per-view because it kind of feels like something's brewing there, or, or maybe we could just be completely off, but I'm okay with this decision, bro. I, I really am. The acclaimed are so over. Uh, they are bulletproof at this point, and the guns, they have grown on me so much that I'm okay with them going into the pay-per-view as tag team champions. 
Yeah, no, there's... I, I saw the complaining about it, and I'm okay with the decision to put the titles on the guns. I I, I, re- I really am. I mean, even though the claim are, you know, over and super hot and everything else, um, it does feel like... I don't want to say that they've gotten stale, but it just seems like the their climb to become champions is a lot more interesting than what they're doing with the titles. And it just feels like if they lost them for a little bit and refocused and, and get that chase back and that drive back, I think that it'd get them even more over. And yeah, like you said, me and you pitched them. I'm losing, but it was, you know, I, I, I pitched it being because of a, a Billy gun turn. Now, this, it just seems like they just won clean. I mean, I know it was fuckery and everything else and the ref wasn't looking, title, and I, I see all that shit, but still, if you're a dominant champion, you're supposed to overcome all of that shit. That should, that should be nothing. Yeah. You know, that shit can have happens, but you can't, you can't expect Billy Gunn to turn on you. Um, I can see what maybe they did to, to wait and have the turn happen at the pay-per-view because that would give a reason to extend the Gunn's title run because everyone would expect um, the acclaim to get it back at the pay-per-view, but then they don't because then Billy Gunn yes. turns on them, maybe. That's what I'm feeling is going to happen. Yeah, I could see that happening. You know, because I think, the, I think the acclaim going into the pay-per-view, the acclaim going into the pay-per-view and winning the championships back in three weeks, bro, that's a terrible decision. Uh, that that is that that is the one thing I don't want to have happen because yes. then, then you shouldn't have taken you shouldn't have taken the titles off of them tonight. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um lose them now, go into the pay-per-view, heel turn by Billy Gunn. And if they chase for another few months and then win them back at the next pay-per-view, I am actually okay with that. Yeah. Um, we can start off a little bit of redemption road back to the bottom for the acclaim and then come closer to the next pay-per-view, build it back up and then get back at it again. So I can see that. That could be an option. Uh, I'm thinking, uh, I know they're not on TV right now. I hope they end up staying with the company. FTR is also an option because there's a built-in storyline there with FTR and the guns. I'm thinking ahead uh, on that. So don't mind me, but I honestly think that the, the turn that everybody expected tonight is probably going to be the catalyst for this feud going into the pay-per-view. And I honestly think that will be a big moment when that happens because Daddy Ass right now is synonymous with the acclaimed and everybody loves the acclaimed legitimately. Uh, Just not a catchphrase. So when they do see that moment happening, uh, it will be a shocker to say the least. Uh, Jesse, the acclaimed have, I don't want to say they've fallen victim to AEW's babyface curse, but... How do you feel after after tonight? I mean, they didn't really do much with the tag team championships uh, as far as uh, in-ring. I know they beat Swerve and Keith Lee, which was, I thought, a very good program between those two teams. It, it almost seemingly looks like every time a babyface gets a title in AEW, they kind of hit a brick wall. Did that happen with the acclaimed? And how do you feel about their tag team title run uh, after dropping the titles to the gun club tonight? Yeah, it's almost like someone here called that a long time ago. Yeah. Was called crazy by the chat and everything. <laughs> here we are. Hashtag Jesse was right. This fucking guy. So, but yeah, so it it did feel like that um, creatively. I don't want to say the momentum because everywhere they went, the acclaim was still over as fuck. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that was never the case, but. It's, it does feel like that their matches and feuds could have been booked a little bit more, with a little bit more excitement to them. You know, once they get the titles, the in-ring action slowed down. It became more promos and comedy bits. 
And that's just not the way to do it. The with a team like the Acclaim, I like to compare them a lot to um, I like to compare them to being AEW's New Day. All right. And the New Day is over as fuck. And WWE can't seem to get this right either. I'm hoping AEW can. There needs to be a nice balance of the Acclaim's comedy with their in-ring work because their in-ring work is just as good as their fucking mic skills and comedies. Yep. I don't want to see one more than the other, especially not the comedy more than the in-ring work. So it's just as important to build their matches and their feuds just as high as they do their promos and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think they were on the level of the New Day uh, as far as comedy, but I, I do get what you're saying. Um, hopefully this brings out a little bit more of that seriousness because I've always said this about the New Day. When they're serious, they, they are a, a legit fucking threat. I, I think they are great when they're serious, and they put on bangers as well uh, when they are serious. Hopefully that is the same way with the acclaimed. This should lead to a little bit more of a serious acclaimed because they didn't really... You know, they probably wanted to, but it was kind of thrown at them and they got blindsided because Daddy Ass, Billy Gunn, made this match without really discussing it beforehand. It was like in, in the moment, on the fly, right there last week. Yeah, you're going to defend the tag team championships and, and I'm going to give these guys what they want. Almost as if he was acting in favor of the gun club. So, I mean, yeah. the, the storyline is certainly pointing to them being frustrated. Anthony Bowen's in the back uh, with Renee. Uh, she looked at Billy Gunn, or she looked at Billy Gunn and interviewed him, and then uh, then Anthony Bowens was kind of looking at, you know, Billy Gunn in a way where he was like, you know, you know, we don't really want to be here right now. It is kind of uh, a joint decision, but Billy made it on his own without us at first, and we kind of right. came to a conclusion together. So there, there is little subtle teases in there that it could be leading to what we're talking about at the pay-per-view. But if it doesn't happen at the pay-per-view, where do we go? I mean, it's seemingly looking like the only option. Yeah, if it if, if if we don't get a Billy Gunn turn at the pay per view with, um, with the Ass Boys winning or retaining, I'm not too sure what the purpose of this was. No, if that's if that doesn't happen, then the, the titles just sort of stay on the acclaimed tonight. Yeah, and I mean to me, it would protect the acclaimed, uh, big time if that does happen. Build as much sympathy as you can for them, uh, for yeah. uh, whatever comes next because you don't want to. You don't want to have it feel like you took the belts off of them to put them on the gun club and it was all for nothing. There's got to yeah. be a serious reason why you did that. And hopefully that is the reason there with Billy Gunn being the catalyst. But uh, I'm okay with this decision right now. Uh, we'll probably get an even better match. Not that the match tonight was uh, was bad or anything, but it was basically about all the ending and, and what happened in the ending there. But we'll, we'll get this match to the pay-per-view. It will be even better at Revolution and uh, we'll take this step-by-step, step, but I'm very intrigued about what they're doing with the acclaimed and taking the tag team championships off of uh, Caster and Bowens. But outside that, man, we, we had some bangers tonight. I mean, Brian and Roosh will talk about it. Um, this, this may be the very I, I say it all the time. Brian, you know, when he retired, man, that hurt me. You know, when he went away for four years, he, he's back, and, and this may be the best I've ever seen him. And he is incredible. Yeah. He's making up for lost time. Yeah. Uh, he he went in there and had an absolute war with Roosh. Uh, MJF and the MJF detractors, as always, they come out, oh, well, MJF is overrated, he's boring, and all this other shit. I mean, if MJF hasn't proven you wrong yet, I don't know what the fuck uh, MJF is doing. I mean, he's, do he's doing what he's doing. He's one of the best in the world. 
But uh, what a what a banger against Takeshita. Holy shit. I mean, I say the same thing about Takeshita Weekly as well. This kid is unbelievable. Uh, that was a great open to Dynamite. We got the trios match with the Elite and AR Fox. They continue top flight and AR Fox to look impressive. I'm wondering what the Elite are going to be go, uh, doing going into the pay-per-view. We haven't heard from anybody else really. Uh, in the trios division, where, where the where's House, House of, Black of Black is. I, I, where the fuck are they, dude? Where is where, House of Black? Where are they? They're in, they're out, they're cold, they're hot. I understand why some of the other teams are out, you know, time away, injury, heal, all that shit. But where's House of Black? I don't know. I mean, the the, the, the the trios division is actually looking better than the tag team division. So the House yeah. of Black should be on TV weekly. Is what I said uh, the, weeks ago. The only ago. thing I don't like about it is like the tag division is suffering because of it, though. Yes. Yes. So we got a lot to talk about, guys. We're going to get into all that stuff. And I'm just happy that you're here with us on OTS. What a day. What a night. Follow us on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys follow us on social media. You guys can follow Jesse as well if you want at Chitown Smart on Twitter. Twitter updated today. It broke. Everybody was complaining about it. We now have more than 280 characters in a tweet. So if you guys want to tweet to your heart's content and not stop, there you go. Can I don't you know. I don't know. Characters? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what was it? 140? Now we're up to 280 and beyond. What the fuck? People talked enough shit. With, oh. It's crazy. Elon ruining Twitter. Seriously. It's crazy. Anyway, follow us on social media. I am nearing 50,000 followers on Twitter. I appreciate you guys very much for all the support. Thank you for the great week so far. Thank you for all that came out and celebrated the birthday on Monday. Tremendous stuff. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, including that Monday podcast, Monday Night Raw. We had a great time on Monday. Great discussion there. Talking about that Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes promo. So go check that out. All on the homepage. YouTube shorts are there as well. So go check all that stuff out. Hit that thumbs up. 1,600 people so far, and people are still coming on in. Hit that thumbs up. Let's look for 1,000 likes today on the AEW Dynamite Post Show. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are open. I want to shout out a couple of members that signed up while I was away, not live. I want to talk about LJ Best Ever. Tyler Smith, Ben's Xbox Fortress, Jeff Van Vranken, MJF Scarf 93, maybe MJF himself, who knows? Kenzie Retro, Jeff Smith, JW Universe, Aaron Hanrahan, Sean Watkins, and Isaac Metalhead Uchiha. Thank you for the recommitments or the brand new memberships into the VIP club. I appreciate you guys very, very much. Enjoy your stay. And as always, what the fuck are you guys drinking? And please make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below and turn on that bell for all notifications. We are nearing 141,000 subscribers right here on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button. And become a part of the OTS family. Did you hear what Elon is charging for his gold check marks? Well, Elon is charging for gold check marks now. He's charging the corporations with the gold check marks. Yeah. They have to now pay 
$1,000 a month for that gold checkmark status. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. So the so the major so the big companies Netflix or well they can afford or, it I mean yeah well they, yeah well they're gonna have to fucking pay it I mean WWE with thousand dollars a month bro is like fucking couch change change to Nick Khan holy w- shit I didn't know yeah. that thousand bucks a month you know they raised Twitter blue as well it was seven ninety nine now it's eleven ninety nine via the App Store they just they just they just implemented it less than a year ago seven ninety nine it was. I thank God I didn't fall for that shit. I'm, I'm okay I'm with my blue check mark. Twitter. I got a legacy check mark, which means I was verified under the old Twitter. So that's all that. That's all that I care yeah. about. So it well, didn't go to waste. But well, hold on to that for right now, because guess what? The other check marks were free too. They're coming for you guys next. Who? Who's coming? The Elon. E- e- Elon. Elon. Doesn't he got some fucking uh, rocket ships and cars to build? What the fuck is he doing over here? Yeah, he needs money for it, so he's getting it back from Twitter, bro. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, we need Seriously. money too. He's gonna change that. Watch, watch those legacy check marks now come with a price. Watch. Unbelievable. I didn't know about that. Uh, listen, before we get into the uh, post show, uh, thoughts, prayers, love, and well wishes to Jerry the King Lawler, by the way, uh, who suffered a stroke on Monday. Uh, it was a serious stroke. He is said to be making a full recovery from this, but right now he has lost some capability to speak, and uh, he's got to go through rehabilitation to uh, get his speech back. So, uh, Thoughts and love and well wishes to the king. That was a, a terrible situation. Nobody wants to hear anything like that, uh, especially with him. He's uh, He's been uh, up and down uh, in the health department for a little bit. Uh, I remember all those years ago, he suffered a heart attack right on Monday Night Raw. That was some scary shit. So uh, thoughts to the king for sure, to uh, a speedy recovery. Jesse, we open up the show tonight with MJF versus Kanosuke Takeshita. Two of my favorite in-ring performers right now, uh, not only in AEW, but in all of pro wrestling. And uh, I absolutely was looking forward to this match all day. And it did not disappoint at all because MJF and Takeshita are two of the very best in this business. This was great. And an eliminator challenge for Takeshita if he beat MJF, which we all know he was not. Uh, he would get a AEW World Championship match uh, in the future. Now, bro, MJF, uh, I mean, we talk about MJF like he's uh, my fucking next-door neighbor, but he is absolutely incredible. Everything that he says that he is, he is. And he pulled out a couple of fucking things in this match that I didn't think MJF was capable of, man, like that flip off the top rope. I don't know if I was watching MJF or fucking Ricochet out there. Holy shit. I mean, all the detractors, man. I mean, if MJF has any detractors still, I mean, these people are fucking mentally challenged. I mean, ridiculous. Oh, he does. They found my Twitter timeline tonight. (laughs) Somehow they discovered me. I put this guy over in a couple of tweets, and all I found were WWE stands in my Twitter timeline, man. Oh, well, you're you're an AEW mark. MJF is boring. Right. And is he meantime, why is it why is he boring? Did they, they just sitting there just just licking WWE ass? Did, did they did they give you a reason as to why they think he's boring? No. Well, it was the same a, promo every it week. A, it, it, it wasn't oh, I disagree because here's my points that are valid. No, it was no, oh, you're a mark and he sucks. Well, MJF said it the, the the week after or the week after he won the championship or the week after that. 
Uh, he said uh, all the people online, they're going to be complaining. Oh, MJF is boring. He's not going to wrestle. He wrestles four times a year. Yeah, he called it. He called it. Some idiot called the Chi-Town Smark a mark and thought it was, I mean, like. It, hey, what, a, what a clever comeback, man. That's, that's fucking that's great. great. You know what you are, JD? You're a JD. You're right? on Tony Kong's payroll, bro. Yeah, I mean, get the. He wears that AEW hoodie, bro. Go to their profile. They're posting pictures of them at WWE house shows with thumbs up next to, like, Dana Brooke. Yeah. And wearing Bailey headbands. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Fucking geeks. Uh, Listen, MJF, Takesha, we'll talk about it, but uh, something's happening on social media, bro. I don't know if you were paying attention. Eddie Kingston's going off on MJF a lot lately, man, for the last 24 hours. Are we setting this up for a future program, man? It could be that we are looking at an Eddie Kingston and MJF program going into Double or Nothing, and I am all for it. Look, bro, I don't know in what world Tony Khan would be protecting MJF in a in a feud or a promo. So, now, it's not to say it won't become a feud, but it just seems like it might be built out of a shoot. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're talking shit about each other, great. But why would Tony Khan protect the guy that he, you know, he's supposed to can't stand the guy, the guy held him up for money, the guy fucking held up the show, he pissed off the, you know, the advertisers. Why would Tony Khan defend him? I mean, it seems like a legit shoot. You know, you talk to Eddie Kingston, you're going to get fucking raw Eddie Kingston, bro. You ask him about MJF, he's going to give you what he fucking thinks about somebody. Yeah. And he got home and got an email saying you can't fucking say that. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. Well, I don't know what Tony Khan's going to do if this is the program going into the summer. I mean, I'm letting the, I'm letting the fucking cuffs off, bro. The cuffs are off and the fucking fists and words are flying. I don't want anything, anything censored. I don't give a shit, man. Make it as, as shoot as you need to. A feud between Eddie Kingston and MJF will be better on the mic than in the ring. Yes. And well, I mean, the, I mean, well, we said that about it. Suck, but the promos will be that much better. I don't think the match is going to suck. I mean, let, let's give Eddie Kingston his fair shake. Kingston and Jericho at Revolution. Oh, when was it? Full Gear or Revolution? I don't yeah. remember more. Oh, Kingston's great. It, 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 was, it was a fantastic match. Yeah, Kingston's great. So is MJF. Yeah. And the match will be great. But the promos will be better. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But uh, I'm not sure if you remember, uh, way back, uh, this was weeks ago, uh, MJF, right after he won the world championship, he had a a piece of uh, yellow notepad paper, and his penmanship was fucking uh, almost incredible to a point where everybody thought his fiance wrote the fucking note out. But um, 
he listed a bunch of names on that list. And, you know, I, I seen it a couple of days ago and someone had sent it to me. And if you look at the list, and I love the, ch- I would love if the chat, you know, says if, if you guys are, are, are in remembering of this, of this note in, in the, the, the list or on the list, it was in order of all the people that he's wrestling right now. And potentially after Brian, it's Eddie Kingston. And, and after, I forgot who who's after Eddie Kingston. Ricky Starks was on there as well. Wardlow was on there. Darby was on there. Jungle Boy was on there. It, it's almost as if MJF set everybody up for a glimpse into what his world championship program is going to look like. I can see that. I'll I send, I'll send, I got it on, I got it on my Twitter. I'll send it to you after the show. But, but yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember it myself. But So we, we could be looking at that, and I'm excited about that. But let's not look past Takeshita here. This was a fantastic open and... You guys know how fondly we think of both of these guys. So MJF suckered Takeshita into a handshake. I mean, Takeshita was a dumbass who actually shook MJF's hand, and then he got a boot to the midsection. You got to get this guy used to American culture. I mean, holy shit. There's one thing you don't do. It's shake MJF's hand in the fucking beginning uh, seconds of a match. So MJF hammerlocked the arm. He went right after the arm. at a cradle DDT. Uh, Takeshita was very explosive in his offense. An exploder suplex in the corner. Uh, big boots. He hit a beautiful brain buster on MJF. MJF kicked out at a two count. So he went up top. He did a beautiful frog splash. Did the Eddie Guerrero signature right at the top of the turnbuckle. And did the frog splash for another two count. MJF, he tried to regroup. He tried to post to Keshta on the steel post. Uh, tables returned there, but MJF ate the steel post instead because Takeshita reversed it. So uh, the chance of you deserve it rang out in El Paso uh, because he went right into the steel post. Takeshita tried for a moonsault. He was crossed up on the top rope back in the ring. MJF went for a back suplex. Takeshita hit his home run lariat. And this was one of the best parts of the entire show. So MJF crotches uh, Takeshita on the top rope. They're both jockeying for position on the top rope. They are about to do something dastardly. And Takeshita hits this clothesline, and MJF flips through and lands on his feet. So, I mean, if you guys weren't impressed by MJF and what he could do, I mean, I didn't expect that out of him, but uh, the guy can uh, show you his athleticism for sure. So that was great. MJF tried to throw a shot uh, back on the, the floor, but Takeshita turned him inside out with a lariat anyway. Takeshita draped his bad arm over MJF. He went right into salt of the earth, did MJF. Takeshita escaped. MJF was sent to the outside and wiped him out with a big somersault dive. We go back into the ring, and he shoved the referee. He got a low blow to take over and target the bad arm again. So both men are trading strikes. Takeshita went for a hurricanrana. MJF counted into a powerbomb on his knee. He ended up selling the knee. MJF then... Uh, was uh, in the clutches of Takeshita. Takeshita, it's a blue thunder bomb and follows up with a, a big pump knee. MJF got the rope break by putting his feet on the bottom rope. Takeshita missed a senton atomico. Salt of the earth again. He repositioned, cranked it back, and Takeshita taps out. I had one geek online telling me, oh, the wrong man won. Like, what? Like, wh- what are you watching? Why would MJF lose this match before he wrestles Brian Danielson for the world championship. I mean, there are some geeks online, bro. I, don't, I mean, this is why I don't read half the shit I see. 
This is why I spend most of my week off of Twitter. <laughs> you laugh like I don't. You know I don't spend a lot of time. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you will send me a lot of stuff. I'm like, what? Shit, I got to go look for that. So if anybody sends me anything on Twitter and I don't answer, it's not that I'm ignoring you. I periodically check my Twitter. Yeah. All right. Periodically. Only thing I get live is DMs. So every every other day or so, something like that shit, I'll go look up because the shit that's said on Twitter is fucking stupid, dude. It's ridiculous. MJF wins. MJF should have uh, won this match. There was no other outcome here. MJF is not losing. He came out wearing MJF 2024 on his jacket. He's not losing till 2024. He's telling you what is going to happen. And by the way, his tights, MJF was scripted. The letters were scripted just like uh, old school 1990s Ric Flair on the back of his trunks. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Awesome match. After the match was over, MJF took his Dynamite Diamond Ring and punched Takeshita right in the face, busting him open. Brian Danielson ran out, but MJF had already escaped and blood was trickling down to catch his face and he was left lying on the mat, a bloody mess. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's good stuff, man. I don't know if, was that, was that, was that a hard way or what was going on? Man? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, there's too much blood on AEW. Uh, this was not a lot of blood and actually fit the entire story that they were trying to tell here with the post-match attack. Good. Somebody, somebody, again, someone on my Twitter time, timeline said that, oh, there's too much blood in AEW. It's boring. I, it's a professional I, wrestling I, match I, I, between I, I competitive replied, people I, fighting I, I for the world championship. Right? Back. You know, it, if it's not your cup of tea, that's understandable. You know, like, hey, this is not my kind of wrestling. It's understandable. I, I'm, I don't enjoy impact. So when impact comes on, I don't go to the impact uh, tr- uh, trending threads and be like, oh, this is dumb. I don't like this. Da-da-da-da-da. This is stupid. I just don't watch it. You know, there's no point in going around and shitting on shit that you don't like. You don't like it. Don't watch it. Oh, there's too much blood. But on, a, on, on WWE TV, there's no blood. So you're conditioned to think that a wrestling match should have no blood. But AEW does things differently when there is a competitive environment. And the world championship is on the line between guys that will do anything to keep it or take it. There will be yeah. blood. Yeah. This is real yes. life. It's what happens in real life when there's competitiveness in a match. Somebody in the chat said that uh, his elbow pads, MJF's elbow pads, also said, take a shitter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you expect anything else from MJF, man? You got to love him. Guys, an asshole. I started following MJF's mom. Like, she hates him more than we do. Well, I don't know. So fucking hilarious, man. Sinister Classic, thank you for the new membership, brother. The fuck are you drinking tonight, man? Sinister Classic becomes a VIP right here on OTS. You guys can become like Sinister Classic and hit that join button down below. Got some cool shit coming up uh, in the coming weeks. (laughs) My mother's basement. It's coming soon. How do you guys like my new camera, man? Do I look good? Uh, let me see. I, Jesse, the, the, he, watch. I guarantee. Oh, I don't, I don't notice any difference. No, I'm gonna pull you up on my on my I don't high resolution man. screen to get a better look at it. I'm announcing. I got myself a nice birthday present, man. A new camera, a nice, nice Sony camera. Now, man, we're working like professionals over here, man. We got to get ready for my mother's basement. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. I'm gonna, hey, you know, I'm gonna give you an honest review, but I, I wouldn't want anything else. Okay, it, you can definitely see a difference. 
Okay. Here's the only thing that I see right now. You look better than your background. Like you pop. Good. Well, now you got to improve the background because the camera is shitting on the background. I got to get a better background. You gotta you gotta improve the uh, you gotta improve the pixels, man. You gotta improve the resolution of the background. All right, we'll see. Your yeah. camera, your camera makes you look like animated above the background. Before it just kind of blended in, like people will actually log into your stream and say, "Is he actually at a bar?" You know. All right. And now you're too zoomed in too. I don't see the counter and shit. Or was that only there when you're in solo? Stream? No, no, no. I don't use the camera. I don't use the camera when we're live here. I mean, not the camera. The um. Oh, the uh, the bar top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I don't use them when we're live together. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, let's yeah. check it. Okay. Other actually, than that, man, it's actually, crisp. I could, uh, it's fucking crisp. I could, I could it, it, actually, outsh- it outshines the green screen effect. I could actually zoom in. I should zoom in a little bit more. Hold on one sec. Let me fix this. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys, man. And listen, you give back to me, I give back to you. That's how it works here. Um, yeah, yeah. We got a Samoa Joe video package talking about regaining the TNT title last week. He mentions Wardlow wanting to take his TNT title from him, but he'll take everything from Wardlow in return. So I'm assuming we're getting this match at the pay-per-view like we said last week. Uh, He said Darby was a worthy adversary, but Wardlow is not. And he talked about how Wardlow is the type of competitor who is ambitious and who needs to be put down. Wardlow has many secrets, and he will expose them and take everything from him. I don't know, man. Is Wardlow taking that title? I would assume so, right? No, man. Wardlow's not taking the title. No, I don't think he is. So you think Samoa Joe's going to beat Wardlow at Revolution? I do. Because if, if Wardlow wins the title back, everything that's happened over the last few months with that title looks even worse than it does already. Even worse. The more you hot shot that shit, it just, it just looks worse. Just let it stay put. Just, just let Joe keep it. It should have stayed on Darby. Maybe Darby had to give it up to go away for a, or for a little bit of something. I don't know. It's fine. But stop changing that fucking title so much. Relax. I don't know, man. Well, listen, Build it was... something interesting over time and then do a, a big payoff. One of my many complaints about the TNT title, man. Back and forth, back and forth. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to the match because I know Joe and Wardlow are great. But yeah. the TNT title is not in a great state right now on AEW television. Speaking of titles that are in uh, certain states, I mean, the women's championship seems to be in good hands, like you said, Jesse. To me, via text during the show, Jamie Hader, the AEW women's champion, uh, is uh, doing a tremendous job with that championship. She's out there with Britt Baker. Hi, Brittany in HD. Hi, how you doing? 4K, maybe. I don't know if I'm in mean, 4K. 4K, JD saying hello to Britt Baker. How you doing? How you doing? That's great, right? Rebel, how you doing, Rebel? You know, listen, man. We're doing good here. We're doing good here. Uh, I, like she, I like what they're doing, man. Yeah, listen, we're doing good. Uh, she went up against the bunny. Penelope Ford uh, is out there with the bunny. Uh, bro, listen, your boy, the butcher, shaved his hair. He looks even more fucking menacing than he did before. Yeah, I know. I saw him on Dark, man. He, he he looks he looks vicious. The better he looks, the more I get upset that they're not being pushed seriously. Well, let's let's get them on. Let's get them some momentum and get them back to TV, man. They got a decent pop when they came out tonight. Get them in the tag title pick. You you have a you have a tag division that needs help, and you get Butcher and Blade out there looking like beasts with the bunny bunny too. They look great together, all yeah. three of them. Yeah. 
Uh, what's Get Skip Sabian and Penelope Ford doing out there? Are they all are they uh, all mingling now? I don't I don't watch Dark. I mean, you you may be the only person here that watches Dark in the, in the chat. Uh, what's going on there? Why are they mingling together? Man, Butcher and Blade are awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> we need more Butcher and Blade and Bunny on TV. What, what about Kip and, and Penelope though? What what They're are they doing? Dark. What are they What are they doing out there with uh, the money? You don't know. No answer. Butcher and Blade look fucking great. Man. Listen, this is why I don't watch Dark. <laughs> so uh, this match went, uh, I don't know. This, most of this happened during the commercial break, to be quite honest with you. So I'm only going to pick it up after the commercial break because that's the only yeah. fucking part that matters. <laughs> so uh, they were in the ring. Hater delivered two exploder suplexes to the bunny. Bunny took uh, the second one very, uh, very weird because, uh, I don't know, it looked like she was waiting for something else to happen, but she took two suplexes. Hater then delivered... Oh, yeah. Her, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you. If you heard about the Outrunners. What is that, a video game? The Outrunners? No. It's a new tag team on Dark. Oh, those uh, those Beverly Brother wannabes. Yeah. I need them in my life. They're on Dark too? Yeah, man, they're good. Just put it like this. They're not good. They're really bad. They're really fucking terrible. But they're so bad that they're really good. You gotta see it. Just, just, just look at. Sounds the, like we should get an Outrunners versus uh, 2.0 match in in the future. Man, that 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 sounds great. <laughs> that really sounds great. <laughs> they are fucking. Yeah, imagine uh, they what's, are so what, what's that? What's that? What's that one guy's name? Dude, Turbo Who? Yeah, they are so good. <laughs> imagine Matt Menard going at them. You want to know what makes my dick hard? <laughs> so good. The match started off. I'm like, who are these fucking bums? They look so cheesy. Well, I was right. They were fucking cheesy. And the more the match went on, the cheesier they got. And by the end of that match, ask anyone that was there, I was like, oh, these guys are fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm not like them, dude. You want to do your 80s stick? <laughs> your Beverly Brothers? <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so, Hater... She delivered Haterade. I'd like to try some Haterade, bro. Oh, God. I'm, I'm One, two, three. Man, that was it. It was basically uh, after the commercial. It was uh, very quick for Jamie Hitter to retain the title here. Or this was an eliminator match. Never mind a title match. Bunny grabbed at her face. And that was basically it. Nothing else happened. Seven minutes oh, and uh, Haters out there. The ladies got uh, a nice uh, 8.30 spot instead of a 9.30. And we got uh, Jamie Hader walking in and dominating as usual. You see, fucking, are you are you paying attention to Jamie Hader's pops and reactions when yes. she comes out? Yeah, she got a huge pop when she came out. I mean, she's she she's up there with pop of the night almost every fucking city, man. Jamie Hader is getting over as fuck right now, and pretty much all through her in ring work, man. You know, uh, uh, one thing, yes, yes, she is, uh, absolutely. She is, uh, she's very good at what she does, and I love that strong, she wrestles like a fucking wrestler. That's why I like does. Jamie Hader. you know? I she mean, doesn't wrestle with just just say, she, she looks doesn't wrestle so like, crisp oh my God, there. I'm going to break a nail. Yes. She oh my God, my hair extension crisp. came she's, out. She her, her, her movement is fucking fluid. It's not like she's out there concentrating it. Some some women go out there and it looks like they're counting their steps between the fucking rope bounces when they run the ropes. 
Jamie Hayter just she she just it all looks natural. It all looks fucking great. She's making her opponents look just as good as her. I'm enjoying every Jamie Hayter match right about now, man. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's looking very good for Jamie Hayter right now. Uh, listen, I wanna I wanna call upon some of the people that uh, uh, and they may be listening or not. I mean, I don't really give a shit, but a lot of people think that Jesse and I are praising the AW Women's Division and Britt Baker specifically and her camp because they they called me out around Halloween last year and. Now, now everybody thinks I'm, like, buckling down and I'm being nice because uh, I got called out. No, that's not how we work. If, we if the, shit on them for, like, a few more months after that. If, if the division was terrible and the story progression was terrible and everything that they were doing was terrible, you can better fucking believe it. I swear on my grandfather's tomb that this would be fucking Jesse and I shitting and criticizing everything about what they're doing. I don't give a shit what they said about me, but I'm going to call out what's good, and I'm going to call out what's bad, and Britt Baker and everybody else associated with this women's outsiders versus the original storyline is doing it right. I'm enjoying what's going on right now. And, and, and like I said, you know, I was very guilty, and Jesse was very guilty pushing the narrative about, you know, Britt Baker being all selfish and this and that. It's not, it's her division, and she's favorites and uh, of Tony Connor, all this other shit. But... You know, you notice the little things that Britt Baker is doing now, and I know you called it out last week as well, Jesse. I want to reiterate it again because it was it was something I paid attention to. Jamie Hayter came out by herself for a good 10 seconds and stood on the ramp, pyro going off, and then you saw Britt Baker and Rebel come out, and they stood behind Jamie Hayter. Not the other way around. It's not Britt Baker out in front, and Jamie Hayter is following Britt Baker, who, you know, is not the champion. Meanwhile, Jamie Hayter is the champion, and she's got to live in the shadow of Britt Baker. It's not that way, and I appreciate that because... We thought it was the other way, and it's not, and I like it. Yeah, look, I've, I've said this countless times on here, and I can't keep saying it, but, I mean, if we're going to call what we see, and it might not be, you know, what everyone likes or wants to hear, or it might be. Either way, if it is what you want to hear, I'm not saying it because you want to hear it. And if it's not what you want to hear, I'm not saying it just to piss you off. I'm just calling it like I fucking see it, man. Yeah. That shit happened, and we were still talking about shit that we didn't like with Britt Baker. And then the shit started to change, and then I started to like it. And the second you like something, people... Look, guys, if you come here every week and come to our streams, everything else, you know I'm not going to sugarcoat shit. And a lot of shit that we say makes makes people upset, and I get that. And I and I try to, you know, be as 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 real as I can without without being fake about this shit, but I don't mean to insult people. I'm just, I'm just giving my fucking opinions here. Yeah. So uh, let's dead that narrative as well. Uh, if it sucks, we'll say so. If it's good, we'll say so. And we are very fair and balanced. Um, Tony Storm, speaking of the ladies, Tony Storm and Soraya were backstage. Soraya interrupted Renee as she brought up Hater winning. Soraya then invited uh, Leva Bates, who was standing in the corner, I guess, uh, for whatever reason. And uh, she joined both of these ladies on camera. And then Tony Storm knocked her down and stomped on her. Soraya sprayed her white T-shirt with a green L for loser. Soraya says they're not here to make friends in AEW. Now, um, two things here. Number one, I think we can really just kind of put the NWO references away, please. I mean, when you start doing shit like that, I mean, we've seen that a thousand fucking times. 
let's let's go a little bit more of an original route here instead of spray painting shit on people's bodies. We've seen that, done that, been there, whatever. Uh, number two, Soraya, bro, much better as a heel. I think she's great as a heel. She just it's just a little bit more natural to her to me because that's the way I see her in real life, and and it just comes through the camera, comes off on TV a lot better than if she's a babyface. Yes, and Tony Storm, polar opposite. Yeah, I mean, she's just there. She just, uh, it, it kind of feels that Tony's tagging along. You know, my favorite Tony was uh, the Tony that we saw in the Mae Young Classic. I thought she was fucking incredible in the Mae Young Classic. Uh, those uh, tournament matches that she had, and then ju- first joining NXT. I mean, that was my favorite Tony, and then they turned her into a heel, and then she got called up, and she did nothing, and she got pie-faced by Charlotte. Uh, it, it was disgusting, but... You know, she she's wrestled great in AEW, but I I don't feel she's gotten gotten her footing right as far as what type of character she is. No, I I, I think I, I think we've tried this enough different ways. I think Tony Storm just needs to stay babyface. I mean, it, the the heel the heel Tony Storm just it just does not feel like Tony time. It yeah. really does not. It it doesn't come off as believable. I don't believe that she believes she's a fucking heel. You know, yeah, I, I really can see that. Don't. I can see that. You know, I would. I, I'm. I'm. I much enjoy everything she does as a babyface. She just comes off as the fiery babyface that just wants to, you know, fight from behind. You know, and 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 kick the heels ass. She she fits better as a babyface. I know a lot. I know a lot of people can fall under the you should never be a this or that mode. But I'm just not enjoying. A, I've never enjoyed any Tony Storm heel run. Anywhere. No. No, I don't think it's uh, something that she enjoys doing. I could definitely see that being the case. She doesn't believe in it. Yeah. But listen, I mean, she is uh, she's part of the uh, outsiders, quote unquote. So uh, she needs to fit in this thing because she's going to be a very pivotal part of this storyline moving forward. Uh, outside that, we got no other advancements in this storyline. It's just more Soraya, Tony Storm, and a win for Jamie Hayter in this match with the Bunny. And we're going to slow burn this thing. I wonder what we're doing at the pay-per-view, Jesse. What could, what could you see at the pay-per-view happening with Jamie Hayter? It doesn't look like she's going to be defending that championship. Uh, do we get some sort of uh, six-woman tag team match? Uh, I'm going to throw her name out there because she's going to be wrestling soon for the IWGP Women's Championship against Kyrie Sane. Do we see Mercedes show up at the pay-per-view? Do we get uh, another layer to this with her getting involved? Well, let's start here. It's always a possibility, right? Yeah. We've already fantasy booked Mercedes into on the how many different spots, so I'm just done until she shows up. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because it, we can't keep doing this. When she shows up, then I'll go forward with, hey, maybe we can do this with her. When she shows up, then we'll know she's coming. Otherwise, we we just don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know where Naomi's gonna show up. We don't know shit. Could be Jamie. So, it could be Jamie Hader. Uh, listen, we don't know where Sheeta fits into this. I mean, it seemingly they they kind of. Went dead on that little narrative as well. Who was she helping? Who, who side is she yeah. on? You know, Ruby yeah. Soho is also a wild card in this. So, I mean, we got a couple more weeks for this to be fleshed out. But, I mean, they got to they gotta strike uh, soon for this. Because Jamie Hayter yeah, doesn't have a, a solid opponent for the pay-per-view. Yeah, at, at this point, I don't want to see Jamie face anyone at the pay-per-view. Because it's, it's, it's going to seem rushed at this yes. point. Yes, I agree. I totally agree. So, I mean, let's just... I mean, I, I, I would love to see her at the pay-per-view. So... Maybe we are building to the only the only thing of substance we're building towards is this, you know, outsiders versus originals, you know, story. So we should be getting a payoff there. So put Jamie Hayter with Britt Baker and 
um, another wrestler because you only have Rebel after that, you know. So, and I mean, just get it on in a in a in a tag match because it's just not going anywhere as far as a women's singles match for JD right now. Absolutely. And also, also that needs to change before we start getting into this thing of now of now Jamie Hayter's not being booked correctly as a champion. She needs to be in a meaningful feud. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, someone in the chat said, it's not your birthday today, right? Me? No. Um, 16th. Yes, yes. My birthday so, is the same as Frank's. Yes. Your birthday is the same as my brother's. I don't know why somebody said we're saying it was your birthday today. No, I stopped reading that chat, man. It's... Yeah, close the chat down. I mean, you, yeah. you guys are fucking crazy. Anyway. I, yeah, that, you guys are great, but you, it just threw me off track, man. Um, Lexi Nair was thrown off track by MJF. Uh, she was in his locker room after what had happened with Takeshita. She said that she was trying to get a word with him. He called her into his locker room and called her sweetheart and asked her to sit next to him. He said everyone was talking about Takeshita like he was the next best thing, the next big thing, but he was no match for the generational talent that was MJF. He said Danielson and the fans treat him like he's some sort of scumbag. Well, maybe because most of the wrestling industry thinks he is a scumbag. Oh, it's Jesse the Buckeye's birthday. Oh, yes, Jesse the Buckeye. Shout out to Jesse the Buckeye. He said uh, he is not sure if they hate him because he's twisted or if he became twisted because he is hated. He said he was fast in high school driving his blue Camaro. He says he got a speeding ticket or multiple speeding tickets, and he was one point away from getting his license revoked. So he talked about Junior Prom and this girl who he described was perfect. You know, for legal reasons, let's just say her name is Liv. So uh, everybody was like, oh, shit, where's this going? He describes somebody with brown hair and brown skin, tan skin, you know, Liv Morgan's blonde, and she's, you know, from New Jersey, and she's got, uh, she's not, she doesn't have brown skin, but, uh, you know, the fact that he said Liv, and everybody started tweeting the picture of MJF and Liv Morgan from last year when they were arm in arm, uh, I'm sure he got Liv Morgan trending, and she looked on social media tonight and said, what the fuck did this guy do tonight? <laughs> what the fuck did he say now? Unbelievable. So he mentioned this girl, Liv. He said this girl was perfect. He said that he took her for a ride in the Camaro, and then she gave him oral sex, and oh. then he signaled with his tongue in his cheek as, uh, he didn't really say that, but he, he gave you a nice uh, vivid you know, a uh, depiction, gif, of what he was doing, or what she was doing, rather. He said he went to put his foot on the brakes, but he hit the accelerator. He said he hit, he hit a tele telephone pole going 90 miles an hour. He said his hands were covered in blood, and his girl's head cracked the windshield. He said police sirens began to roar. He said at that moment he found out what kind of man he is. He said he grabbed her lifeless body, switched seats with her, so the cops thought she was driving. He yelled that the history books sees winners and losers and the history books don't care how you get the job done. What a weird, demented, and sick story, bro, to, to describe to everybody how you get the job done and how you make it through life, bro. I mean, this was one of the more bizarre promos that he cut, but, I mean, I he could sit there for two hours and fucking go story time and I'll listen to him. 
I, I mean, was just sitting there staring and watching. Just... <laughs> this what guy next. Hold this on, this guy framed fucking vehicular manslaughter on some poor fucking schmuck named Liv. You know. I mean, I don't know. I have my doubts and reserve that that Camaro RS and that picture he posted went 90 miles an hour. Was it even his Camaro? I mean, he's, he's, he's photographed next to the picture, Camaro. Man. Just he like how my car is a virtual car, bro. It's a, it's a CGI car, you know. So Was that V6. CGI? So he had a V6 Camaro going 90 miles an hour. You know how you got to be pushing that motherfucker really hard. Well, they, they struggled reaching 90 miles an hour? They ain't the fastest of Camaros, bro. No? They'll get there. it just take a long time. So he talks about how to get the job done. He said, the world will learn. Danielson doesn't have what it takes to get the job done. He starts yelling. He says he will not earn a title match as he'll come up short before that. He says he is a scumbag and he is damn proud of being a scumbag. Excalibur then said it's official. MJF is the worst person in the world. I don't know. This was a tremendous story. Liv and MJF, bro. Story of Liv, not Morgan, and MJF. <laughs> yeah, not Liv Morgan. <laughs> that anyway, was a good story. It was a good story. It was, uh, it was a fucking demented way we got there to get his uh, points across, but I like it. Hey, I like it. Uh, you're a dick. We get it. Yes. Okay. That's the whole point. He's a he's a scumbag, and, and that's it. That's the the whole the moral of the story. Uh, this uh, Iron Man match is gonna be fucking great. I can't wait to see this. The sixty minutes, bro. This pay per view yeah. is gonna end at like two o'clock in the morning Eastern time. Yeah this this fucking match tonight for for MJF was literally here for one reason to put him in the ring against a worker and let MJF show what he can do in a work rate match. Yeah. And that's what he did because the, the naysayers are saying, there's no way MJF can go the hour with Brian Danielson and, and not look like trash. Well, he's giving you glimpses of what he can do. So, um, as far as doing the hour, I mean, all you gotta do is work on your fucking cardio, bro. Yeah. That's it. Moving on. We got the, what is it? The Garcia Guevara gauntlet. Or is the other, the other way around? Guevara, uh, Guevara, Garcia, Gu- Garcia, Guevara. Garcia Guevara. Okay. Yep. We've got the Garcia Guevara gauntlet for Ricky Starks. Uh, there was not much to this. Honestly, there was not much to this. He had to go through both members of 2.0. He had to go through Angela Parker and Matt Menard. And then uh, if he did, he gets either Danny Garcia or Sammy Guevara. So he beats Angela Parker in one minute. Uh, and, and he does it with a spear. He, uh, seconds later, he beat Menard. Legitimately, it was seconds later with a sudden roll-up out of nowhere. And, and we got this gauntlet ending in, uh, or at least the first uh, two-thirds of the gauntlet, ending in about 90 seconds. So uh, that wasn't really uh, much of anything there. And, and then Danny Garcia comes out, and he walked out as if he would be the opponent. Sammy Guevara's music then played. They both climbed onto the ring apron, Guevara distracted Starks in the beginning of this third match here, and Danny Garcia attacked him from behind. Starks landed a Northern Lights bomb for a near fall. Uh, Ricky Starks, as you would imagine, is very over in Texas. So we got all of this happening in this match. There wasn't really, they were having a great match, but it, it didn't really feel like, you know, much of anything because at the end of the match, we got. Garcia 
and Guevara getting the best of Ricky Starks. And then all of a sudden, Jericho comes out wearing a mask, which I didn't even expect him on the fucking show tonight. So after the Northern Light bomb, both men found each other battling on the apron. Forearm slaps. Starks hit a spear on the apron. He gets up. All of a sudden, he's hit with the Judas effect by a masked fan in the crowd. <laughs> Garcia rolled Starks back into the ring. One, two, three, and that was it. So we find out later that the masked man was Chris Jericho, and Guevara and Garcia acted shocked when they saw Jericho take off the mask. Jesse thought it was Andrade El Idolo, but, you know, uh, Andrade is nowhere to be found. I but I, I didn't think Jericho was here, bro. I thought Jericho was on the cruise unless the cruise is over already. Probably is. Must be. He's not He's not on it. I mean, got it. Jericho yeah. cruise without Jericho. Or maybe they docked somewhere, and then he uh, he flew to uh, to Texas. I don't know. Uh, could be. Maybe it's... Dude, I, I I thought it was Andrade. I'm sitting there looking. I had a legit JR moment. I was like, is that Andrade? Like, no, no, that doesn't. It's not big enough for Andrade. But I thought it was it. And he pulled off and it was it was Jericho. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was fucking Andrade. He so, got me. He fucking got me, man. So so Jericho comes out wearing this mask. Judas Effect, one, two, three, and, and that's it. Um, I know a lot of people, and, and this is the narrative that I've seen from Last week to this week, and the narrative is, why does Ricky Starks need to go through this gauntlet, and why does he want Chris Jericho so badly when he already owns a victory over Chris Jericho, bro? Clean. Now, the reason is, and I don't know, these, these people clearly don't watch the show. I don't know if this constitutes another, another uh, desire or more desire to get back at him and wrestle him again after you beat him already, but... Ricky Starks was beat down five-on-one by the JAS and put through a fucking table via powerbomb by Jericho and Jake Hager. So he wants revenge on that. And then obviously we got Action Andretti thrown into this thing and they got to get Action Andretti involved and, you know, uh, all that nonsense with him. But, you know, how do you feel about Ricky Starks wanting Jericho again? Do you feel like it makes sense? Uh, And do you feel like the match is warranted? And how do you feel about this gauntlet kind of happening here with Ricky Starks need to go through JAS and we're kind of seeing something similar play out with Brian Danielson to get to MJF. Is AEW relying too much on the, you know, let's go through weekly opponents to get to the final boss type storyline? Because I, I, honestly, I'm quite over it and I think it's very unimaginative. Well, I, here's, the, here's the thing. I'm, I can understand how difficult it must be to carry storylines between pay-per-views when your pay-per-views are three months apart. Yeah. All right. So that does create, you know, a little bit of a, you know, creative dilemma as it pertains to getting to each feud and getting to the pay-per-views. As far as um, Starks with Jericho, I'm fine with it, you know, and Starks whole run right now is been fantastic. And Put it like this. I just hope they don't give uh, Starks a title anytime soon. If they don't give him a title, then he can't fall off. Yeah. I, I think his build is I think his build is fine because, I mean, right now, whatever he does, he's got the crowd behind him. He looks like a fantastic fucking baby face right now, man, which is something that AEW could actually use a little bit more of is super over baby faces. Um, I thought we were getting that run coming up with Adam Cole but he took another week off. So I'm not sure if that's going to be a continuing thing or he's coming back next week. But until Adam Cole gets back full time, 
it looks like our number one baby face, you know, outside of Brian is Ricky Starks. Yeah, good. So that's good. It's good. So um, he's going to lose some matches through nefarious bullshit at times. That's a part of him being over as fuck, dude. The crowd gets pissed and they get tired of that shit. They want to see him get his revenge. The way that they're booking it, I don't mind it. I don't mind seeing Jericho and 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 how Ricky can get to him because Jericho can be a fucking dick and people will not mind wanting to see someone finally get to him. So right now I'm good with it. Um, should it come to an end sometime very soon? Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably at the last leg. We could probably wrap it up at the pay-per-view, though. Yeah, move on to which, I hope, uh, which I hope they do. And, yeah. and, and let's be honest here. You know, Ricky Starks being put over by Chris Jericho. Was he put over by Chris Jericho in that one match on Dynamite at the beginning of January? Yes. But there's a lot more work to be done. And you can see that Jericho wants to make sure and ensure Ricky Starks is where he needs to be before he moves on to somebody else, one of the, one of the other younger talents that he's going to help create and mold for the future of AEW. I have no problem with Jericho and Ricky Starks, even though it may be kind of similar to what Brian was doing with MJF. And, you know, some people can criticize, oh, why does he want Jericho again when he beat him clean? Does it really need to happen again? Why would he want him again? At the end of the day, Jericho is going to make Ricky Starks into a bigger star, and that is the whole fucking point of this storyline. That's what it's about. Ricky Starks being elevated by Chris Jericho, and I don't know why anybody is complaining about that because we've complained for years. Why does Ricky Starks sit in the back? Why isn't Ricky Starks on television? Why doesn't he have more of a role on Dynamite? Now you're getting it, and you're fucking complaining about it. Complaining about it. I don't get you fucking people. We're getting Ricky on TV. All last every year, week. Ricky Starks was in nothing. Now he's in something, and you're asking, well, why is he fighting Jericho? Who gives a fuck? He's going to be on one of the marquee matches of Revolution. Yep. Happy about it. I think, I think a lot of the times people forget there's only two hours of live TV every week for AEW. Yeah. For now. You can't get everybody in, man. Yeah. So it's going to be fine. And I don't know why people need to complain about something so uh, insignificant. Renee Paquette, she was in the back with the uh, with, with Takeshita, the trainer, Takeshita, and Brian Danielson. Before they hear the door lock on the other side, all of a sudden, Roosh's music hits as he's coming out to the ring, and MJF walked out soon after that. So MJF had uh, locked Brian in the trainer's room with Renee and Takeshita, and he was ensuring that... <laughs> He was ensuring that Brian doesn't make it to Revolution by trying to get him counted out. <laughs> so, I mean, again, would you expect anything more from MJF? Ah, so there you go. So MJF is out there. He's in this ridiculous-looking tracksuit, and Aubrey Edwards is the referee of this match, and he's yelling at Aubrey to count, count, count. I order you to count, and she was forced to count because Brian wasn't out there. So, Roosh is standing there. MJF's got a microphone yelling at Aubrey. She's counting slow, four, and she's taking 10 (laughs) seconds in between numbers, five. And then he yells, start counting, you bum! I'm like, something so simple. You know, I just started fucking laughing. He's calling right in Aubrey's ear. Start counting, you bum! You know, it's and then and then obviously Brian hit the ring. He runs out. He fucking blasts through the the trainer's room door. Runs out to the ring, and we get this match with Roos and MJF is on commentary. So we got the best of both worlds here. This was fucking great. This will be on a lot of people's end of 
for uh, Match of the Year Canada. It's not going to be Match of the Year, but, I mean, as far as TV matches are concerned, I, I, it is going to be very difficult to find anything better this year. This was great. And a lot of people, as of late, Jesse, I don't know how you feel or if he's been on dark or if you've seen him on dark at all. A lot of people are getting behind Roosh, bro. A lot of people want Roosh on TV. This was a star-making performance tonight. This is something that a lot of people want to see him kind of advance to and get on TV because of this match. You know, he's another guy that you could put in that. Bro, it makes me it makes me frustrated to know that we got Roosh out here fucking doing shit like this, and Orange Cassidy's holding the All-Atlantic Championship. Don't you think someone like Roosh would be great for the All-Atlantic Championship after something like this tonight? He would. Um, I thought about I thought about missing out on Roosh's full potential in a different way. I thought about the reason they brought him in if he was able to be paired with Andrade as a tag team, yeah. where would that tag team be right now? I mean, now? Jesus Christ, bro. You're looking at two of the fucking best in the world. Imagine that. That, that would be an unstoppable team. Andrade yeah. is incredible. Yeah. He, may, he may have some problems. He may be rough around the edges. You know, I don't know what's going on back there. You know, politics and all that and his attitude problem, if there is any. But my God, man, you put those two talents in the ring together as a tag team. I mean, who the fuck could stop them? Yeah, I, I, I agree, dude. I mean, stuff like, I mean, like, Roosh fucking with the, uh, against the fucking Lucha Brothers, dude. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. The tag team should be flourishing right now. But House again, of Black versus fucking Roosh and Andrade. Imagine Black, that. Fucking Roosh and Andrade. Holy shit. I don't, like you said, politics. I don't know what's going on with Andrade's return or if it's even going to happen. But. Roosh is fantastic. At, at, this was this was his easily his best match in AEW tonight. Easily, yes, easily his best fucking match. And dude, the potential of matches like that happening all the time or are through the roof if we had him with Andrade. I mean, dude, Andrade and Roosh versus the Bucks. Yeah, the fuck, man. We got to get this shit right. But Roosh is, Roosh is looking great. Roosh is, Roosh is looking really fucking great out there. And it's all through in-ring work. The guy can't cut a promo very well in English. So I, I love the guys who can get themselves over in just in-ring work. Because we can work on promos. And they make managers. But if you're getting yourself over it with nothing but in-ring work, I mean, you, have, you should have a bright fucking future. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can say that about Roosh. This, this is the best that I think I've seen Danielson in, in years. This may be the very best, at least in the last, since he's come back from his retirement, this is the best of Danielson that we've seen. And, and I didn't think he was going to have a better match than the one with Takeshita. Jesus Christ, man, this one blew that one out of the water. And that one was fucking great. This one was just an all-out war. When you think about, you know, MJF paying Roosh, and needing Roosh to stop Brian. I mean, Roosh took that money and made it look like this was the final fucking boss for Brian Danielson, and that's exactly his mentality into this match. You're not winning this match. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I need to do because I took this money to help this guy, even though I don't like him. You're not getting by me. And that's, bro, you felt that struggle. You you felt like Brian was not going to make it out of this thing alive. His chest was beat red at the end of this thing, and I'm fucking thinking to myself, how many fucking chops did he take? And Roosh continues to chop him. How the fuck does that feel to Danielson, bro? Chopping that already just beat red, uh, packed meat fucking chest that's, that Brian is sporting around. Oh, my goodness. Ridiculous. 
he Brian is going out there and having fucking physical fucking matches, dude. And and and, and I mean physical with a fucking capital P. Physical. And the shitty part is he is literally the last person in AEW I want to see having these kinds of fucking matches. Yeah. And Roosh fucking hits, dude. He he, he it's he's no fluff out there. Bro. Roosh does not strike to be like, hey, let's get through this match and hit the showers. No, he's out there to fucking kill you. Yeah. That's how he wrestles. It's a man. It it's scary for me. I, I feel like I feel like I say this every time I come out and talk about a Brian Danielson match here. It's like it's I don't want to see him taking these kind of that bump he took on the fucking edge on the outside. Yes. I feel like his head clipped the fucking the ring as he went down to the fucking ground. Yes. yes. The couple of suplex spots in this match, too, where uh, I was like, oh, don't drop him on his head, please. You know, please, Roosh is like, uh, please be careful with him. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, I said this about Ricky Starks before. I, I get that people were upset that Ricky Starks uh, wanted Jericho again after he beat him already. And I could say the same thing about Brian here with this storyline with MJF. It seemingly like, looks like MJF does the same storyline with a lot of people. He did this with Cody. He did this with Moxley, I believe. He did this with uh, Wardlow. You know, I, I get it. I get it that it's very similar to what he's done in the past with others. But on the flip side, you're not going to get a better Brian Danielson out of this than, than uh, you're not going to get a better Brian Danielson than what you got here. So, you know, it may feel similar and it may look similar to what Tony Khan's done in the past as far as story with MJF and it's kind of, you know, the samesies. But, I mean, look at the fucking caliber of matches we're getting with Brian Danielson, man. I think, even though it's similar, I think the good outweighs the fucking bad here in, in that complaint. I mean, I'm not complaining about seeing Brian on my TV weekly, number one, but if we're getting this type of fucking contest every week, I mean, what the fuck are you complaining about, really? You know? Uh- WWE suppressed this Brian from us to keep Roman Reigns on top. Yes. Brian felt like he was ready to go on this level a long time ago. And was held down, literally held down. Yes. The, the decision of a senile out of touch old man didn't want this Brian on TV and look at what he's doing. We didn't see Brian Russell like this in WWE. No. Is he on his last leg? Seemingly comes out every week and has a better match than he did the previous week. Every time. I don't get it. And honestly, you know, with him, he said said this may be his final year. I mean, if this is his final year, he's going out with a fucking uh, shotgun blast. Holy shit. I've been mentally preparing myself for Brian's final run. I mean, yeah. it, it it felt like that he was, you know, going to go out with a bang, go out on top, going out doing what he likes. And I can respect that. I can appreciate that from anyone, dude. And so far, it appears that he's enjoying himself right now. And that's all that's important, man. He's there just like Jericho. You know, uh, the, one of the locker room leaders is Brian Danielson. The other is, uh, is John Moxley. L- look at what Ricky Starks has... Uh has done with Jericho. Look what Jericho does for Ricky Starks. Look what Brian is doing here for MJF. Look what Moxley did for the fucking company, holding the company on his back while CM Punk was battling with the EVPs. You know, th- this is this is the trio of locker room leaders that the company has. Brian is about to make MJF into the best fucking wrestler in the world in that Iron Man match. You are yeah. going to be blown away by what these two guys do in that match. Mark my words. Brian yeah. and Brian doesn't even give a shit. He don't even want to be the world champion. He doesn't want fucking. He doesn't want to raise. He wants to go out there and fucking wrestle. And, and he wants to go out there and help the young talent. 
And I, I mean, yeah. look, look at look at that. Why complain? Why? I've said that a long time ago, man. I said that a long time. Like Brian just feels like he's winding it down. Like he doesn't want to be world champion. He doesn't want to lead the company. He said it on his in his in his press or when he was signed when he signed here. I just want to fucking wrestle. That's it. Yeah, that's it. He's missed it for so long. You know, you can tell a difference in in wrestlers like Brian Danielson and Mercedes Vernado versus people like fucking Goldberg, you know, I mean, just people who want it for the paycheck and people who just want to fucking wrestle and be appreciated for what they bring to the company. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, you know, for people thinking that this is very uh, similar to what they've done in the past, and it has been, you know, I don't see those. Keep the police, keep that same energy with WWE. I mean, every fucking week, it's a fatal four-way for something. Oh, fatal four-way to determine a uh, number one contenders for the women's championship. The fatal four-way this. Or uh, Triple H has kind of been heavy-handed with the tournaments. It's So what? I mean, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with this? Brian is wrestling weekly, so please keep that same energy. I mean, there's a lot of recycled content from both companies. Don't, don't fucking pin one over the other. Both of them are guilty of that, no question. But Brian was bleeding here, and uh, I think it happened on the outside with uh, Brian and a steel chair with Roosh. Roosh was just battering Danielson on the floor. Danielson fought back on the ring apron. They had a violent fucking back and forth, chopping each other, slapping the shit out of each other. Danielson charged at Roosh, hit an overhead throw on the floor, and Danielson's blood from his face, from the chair shot earlier, uh, right in his uh, face. He got a clear up close of Brian uh, right there, and he's just bleeding all over his face. Roosh was in control, completely in control of this match. Uh, he tried to go for his finish and opted for something else instead. Uh, Danielson tried to battle back. He nearly got a label lock on Roosh. Roosh got the ropes. Roosh tried to sidestep a dive from Danielson, who put on uh, the brakes and hit one out of the corner. And Danielson then hit a charging drop kick against the railing. Uh, back in the ring, top rope drop kick, brutal chops again between the two at this point. Brian's chest looked like uh, chopped meat. So they're inside after the chop battle. Roosh got advantage. He's trying for the bull's horns, his finish. And Danielson hit his corner drop kick. Roosh cut him off with a straight, I, I don't believe this, a straight jacket pile driver by Roosh, bro, on Brian Danielson. I'm like, holy shit. Why? Why? I hate moves like that being done to this guy. You know, German suplexes, dropping him on the back of his head. Those things should not be done, but, you know, luckily he was all right. Roosh uh, threw some forearms. He went for the bull's horn again. Danielson popped up, hit the Busaiko knee. Roosh kicks out. More back and forth forearms this time. So they went back and forth. It transitioned into headbutts again. Why? Roosh tried for another German. Danielson landed on his feet, hit the Busaiko knee. One, two, three, and Danielson wins an absolute fucking war. MJF hit the ring. He was sitting on commentary, took the dynamite diamond ring, put it on his hand, and clocked Danielson in the face with it, locked on the salt of the earth. Security guards came, tried to break him up, or tried to pry Brian free, and they couldn't get MJF off of Danielson, and they quickly uh, go to commercial break and on to the next segment. This was Everything about this was great. This was the best match in the series uh, leading to Revolution. And Brian 
Much deserved, bro. How many, what's today's day? It's today's the 8th. Uh, he's going to have a couple of weeks off, man. What I want to see come out of this, we got the wrestling aspect out of it. We need to see at least one or two more promos from these two back and forth before we get to Revolution. I want to hear Brian's side of things, bro, kind of open up a little bit. Maybe talk about William Regal's departure, why he wants MJF, and what he's going to do to MJF. We've seen Brian wrestle. Now we got to hear from Brian, bro. Enough of the wrestling. Now it's time for words. I mean, what, what, what can you say about this guy, man? I don't I mean, know. Just, I don't know. He just, he just seems like he enjoys everything he's doing out there. Maybe why the Blackpool Combat Club didn't come out with him or come out for him while he's beaten, getting beaten by MJF. Where the yeah, fuck think, is Moxley? You know, I think it's safe to assume he's not in the in the Blackpool Combat Club anymore. That, that, that's they just were there. Put that out there. It, it's it's that's got to be the case. Well, we got to hear. From, we got to hear about anymore. it. We got to hear why. Communicate. They're not together. I mean, so, so so they're so they're broken up. It's fine. I would just like a little bit more clarity on it. I guess. Yeah. So. It's fine, no big deal. Brian's on his own shit right now. Brian has something he wants to accomplish. He wants to take down MJF to avenge Regal. It's fine. Like you just said, let's hear some promos. Let's talk about it and everything else. I mean, promos back and forth with these guys. We can't do them every week, but we still got a few more. We got almost a month before the pay-per-view, so we have time to add more layers to the feud. So yep. this is great, man. Everything MJF does is going to be interesting. Ryan Danielson, I I refuse to sit here and have to tell anyone else how great he is because it's just fucking obvious. So I'm looking towards the future. I mean, I'm like you. Like, where are we going after that? You know, is it is it Kingston? You know, I don't know. Is it back to Starks? I don't know. Who knows? I like I mean, this. I like wh- it, man. Wh- whoever it is, I mean, it's it's going to be against MJF, and it should be great. You know, hopefully they got some fresh ideas for whatever comes next. Uh, it may be Kingston. I think Kingston didn't Kingston and uh, Ortiz wrap up their uh, program with uh, House of Black. I'm assuming so. Where is I mean, House I don't know Black? if it was on, it was being played out on Rampage, I believe, right? Um, no, no, no. dark, no. Oh, well, well, I don't know about Rampage. I, I meant not dark, but no, it's not on dark. No. Well, hopefully Maybe that's wrapped Rampage. Up. We missed it. I don't know. It's Kingston hasn't really been on TV that much lately. Well, last, like, last time we last time I saw him on Rampage, he was hitting Ortiz in the back with a steel chair and then walking away. And then walking away. I'm like, if, where like where is that story? Where, where do we I don't know. Why do they shy away from it? I don't know. I need more Eddie Kingston on TV, man. Yeah, I know. I know everybody can't be on TV. I get that, but Well, he's wrestling Jay White uh in the next couple of weeks. So New Japan? Yeah, uh, Battle in the Valley. Yeah, the same show with Mercedes and and, Kyra. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and California. Yeah. Okay. I just I Eddie Kingston, to me, seems like one of those guys where you can just find time because he doesn't need a match. All he needs is a microphone and a camera. That's yeah. it. Yeah. If you got a match coming up for him, give him a microphone, a camera, and two minutes. That's it. I don't think that's asking too much. We'll see. I'm, I'm here for it if it does happen. Yeah. The elites. We got Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks with Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa against Top Flight Dante and Darius Martin with A.R. Fox. This is a AEW Trios Championship match. Now, why, you may be asking, because Top Flight beat the Young Bucks not too long ago on Dynamite. So they want their revenge and said, bring your friend A.R. Fox with you and we'll put the Trios Championships on the line. We got Kenny Omega back on TV. He was off TV for a couple of weeks because he had a visa problem. 
So we got this match. Not much happened before the commercial break. After the commercial break, it was just fucking utter chaos all over the place. Darius scored a near fall on Nick. Uh, Matt kind of broke up the cover. Uh, ref stopped his counts. Uh, though Darius was still kind of covering Matt's shoulders. Uh, covering Matt and Matt's shoulders were still down. Fox landed a springboard dive onto uh, all of everybody on the outside. Top Flight gave Nick their nosedive uh, signature move. Fox then tagged in, landed a 450 splash on Nick, which looked absolutely fucking pristine. Nick kicked out as Omega lunged for a save. Uh, obviously, we got lots of chance in this thing. This is awesome. People were going crazy. Omega gave AR Fox a Snapdragon suplex off the top rope, which looked absolutely sickening. Dante cut off his momentum with a huge leaping clothesline. Bucks and Omega eventually triple team Fox. Darius and Dante broke up a cover. Omega went for a V-trigger. Fox ducked and scored a near fall. Omega landed a gut wrench. Dr. Bomb followed with a V-trigger. One-winged angel attempt, but AR Fox rolled him up through the one-winged angel for a near fall. I thought legitimately that was it. It was like a two and fucking nine-tenths by uh, Knox, the referee. Omega scored a three counts uh, after a reversal of crucifixes. On AR Fox, and that was it. The Elite retained the trio's championship. A little slow to start after the commercial break. This shit was all over the place. Ended up being a fantastic match between these six guys. Uh, who knows where the trios go into revolution? We got uh, less than a month. I don't know. I know you and I want the House of Black, bro. It may be. It may feel rushed if it's the House of Black. There needs to be a legit storyline if you're going to put those six guys in a feud together. Um, I would not mind a rematch with these two teams. I would not. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, you know, it was so close to call. I would not. I would not mind a rematch again. No, no, no. And and we're probably gonna get it too. Yeah, they're probably gonna get it, man. They. I mean, the pay per view needs to start shaping up. And 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 I mean, we're getting we're a month away, which you know, in a way, kind of extends the go home shows. I mean, we're in the last month. It's time to start bringing it home, as far as. Getting getting those pay per view buys, you know, yep. you, you gotta you gotta sell those fucking feuds, man. And right about now, there's a few different things going on that we're not sure about, so it's time to start wrapping them up. Moving on here, we got Lexi Nair interviewing Stokely Hathaway about cracks in the firm. He insisted the firm is fine, but Hook is the one causing issues. So Hook was walking down the hallway, and he approached Stokely from behind. Stokely then sees Hook there and starts uh, suckering up to him, kissing up to him. Uh, Hook grabbed him by the arm and bent him over. Hook told him, be cautious with those words, sir. And that was it. Basically it. So we're continuing the uh, Hook and Firm feud here. Um, the firm shit needs to go away. Now, I, don't, I don't like it. it I don't like it. It's go. just a bunch of nothing. Stokely, yeah. is, Stokely is so much better than this. Yes. It needs to go away. There, Stokely Hathaway is not being used properly. No. He... Is like you just say he he's worth so much more. Well, being that Jade Cargill can't cut a promo, I, I don't know why I don't know why Stokely Hathaway was removed from her act. I don't know. I thought it was the I thought it was a great. Pair. I thought it was a great pairing. He actually made her tolerable. Yeah, I I, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't get it, man. It is what it is. I wish I had the answers for you. I wish, dude. I don't fucking. I, I would like to see Stokely doing something better than this because I want to see him 
but it's just when I do see him, I know he's out there for the firm shit, so I don't want to see him. Yep. I want to want to see him. I want I want to see him doing something a lot more interesting than this. It's not working. Excalibur hyped up what's coming up on Rampage. Moxley, Claudio, and Wheeler Yuta will batter the but- battle the Butcher, the Blade, and Kip Sabian. Jungle Boy will be in action. Ruby Soho and everybody's favorite wrestlers returning. Marina Shafir's wrestling on Rampage. Man. Oh, man, I can't wait to not watch Rampage. Holy shit. He's not returning for me. She's never went away. And Mark Briscoe will speak on Rampage. Now, that's something I'm... Interested in hearing about. But, bro, Moxley, Claudio, and Wheeler, bro. A uh, little trios action. And could we see the Blackpool Combat Club get mixed in with the trios finally after all this time? Bro, I'll take that. Just give me something yes. with these trios championship. I mean, just give me something. Yes. I'm not watching Rampage. For Mark Briscoe, I'll see what happens. But uh, by the time I go live on Friday with SmackDown, Mark Briscoe will probably come out at the end of the show, and I'll have to go back and watch it. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, seems like a skippable uh, rampage on Friday. So we go to the main event, the acclaimed. Max Caster and Anthony Bowens versus Colton and Austin Gunn. This is for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Max Caster rapped about the guns not being able to finish them like the border wall and taking them down like a Chinese weather balloon. There you go. Just some of the... Uh, Inside references by Max Caston tonight. So we got uh, this tag team match underway. Guns, we got a commercial break early. Guns were in control. Uh, At one point here, the referee, which we'll speed up to the end because there wasn't really much that happened here and was all about the ending. So uh, Bowens tried a discus forearm on, on Austin Gunn, who pulled the referee in front of him. On purpose. And the referee took a nasty bump on the outside. Uh, um, it was a nasty spell for sure. That ref exploded. Bro. Yes, yes. It was uh, It was nasty for the referee. I forgot his name, but it did not look good. Yeah, Austin, I'm done. sorry. Uh, yeah, no, he was done. done. Yeah. Austin hit a quick draw on Bowens, grabbed the title, but Billy Gunn, who was in the back, he was not at ringside with uh, the acclaim. He was told to stay in the back. Billy Gunn hit the ring. He shoved Bowens out of the way because Bowens was about to be hit with the title in nefarious ways, and Colton hit his own father accidentally with the AEW championship title. Bowens hit the arrival on Austin. Caster hit the mic drop, but there's no ref. They could have had the match won, retained the titles. Colton sent Caster into the railing on the outside. Colton also broke up the pin attempt by... uh, this uh, referee who was still fucking unconscious, kind of uh, groggy in there making the count. Bowens tried to roll up, but was sent into the ropes, and he was launched right into the, ch- the title belt, which Colton was still holding, and he nailed Bowens in the face with it. Austin got the pin, one, two, three, and the ref slowly counted the gun club as the new AEW Tag Team Champions. Now, after the match was over, the guns stared down the acclaimed and their father from the ramp as they were just standing and looking at each other as the show came to a close. So, See the text I sent you? Just now? No, nah, earlier. Well, about, about Bowen's tweet. Uh, you said... Oh, no, I didn't look at this. Uh, let me see. 
Bowens said on Twitter, I really don't have words at the moment, but I promise you we'll get those titles back. Plus, now we know where Daddy S stands with the acclaimed where he belongs. Everyone loves the acclaimed. Uh, oh, seems to be there. Seems to be like they may be uh, throwing us for uh, a loop here with that uh, with that tweet. He may think that Daddy S is with them, but I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I know. That's what I said, too. Like, uh, they might be building towards it. I don't know. The fans were very upset at this. They were chanting bullshit. Good. Bullshit. El Paso was not happy. Good. Yes, I agree. Good. Tony Khan got the exact reaction he was looking for Good. with this decision. Now, there are a couple of ways to go about this. Number one, you know, the gun club can take this win, go into the pay-per-view, and lose it right back to the acclaimed. That would be the wrong creative decision. No. I think I think the Gun Club takes this this title win tonight, goes into the pay per view against the acclaimed in a rematch because we were clearly set up for a rematch, and the Gun Club win with the help of their father rejoining them and leaving the acclaimed. That protects yes. the acclaimed, and the acclaimed look like the sympathetic baby faces that are going to continue to seek revenge here. Now, not against the Gun Club, but also Daddy S. So that's and, the way to go about it. And two things, two things here. So one. Yes, they lose because of Billy Gunn. And not only that, right away, as soon as that match is over, I want to see the Acclaim's next feud come in and interject and jump in and beat down the Acclaim. Let's get the Acclaim away from the ass boys right away after this pay-per-view loss. Yeah. Or you don't want to saturate the Acclaim and and the ass boys. Yeah. So um, they lose. They get screwed by Billy Gunn. They right away... I don't know, fucking House of Black comes out that's a problem with them. Whatever. You know, whoever the next few yeah, is. We, we wish. Yeah, yeah, really. That, that'd be fucking great, man. man just, give me, just give me some Buddy Matthews in my life, bro. Really? I mean, where the fuck yeah. is he? Buddy Matthews and Brody King, that should be the tag team right there. Against the Acclaim, right there. But kick off the Acclaim's next feud right away. Come up with something else for the ass boys to do. Also, Number two, speaking of the ass boys, they need to come out and be as obnoxious as fucking possible about their fucking win and being tag champions. Those boos that they got tonight, fantastic. Good yes. play into that. No one wants to see them as tag champions. Throw it in everyone's face. They should be getting nuclear heat when they come out next week. Yes. Yes, and they need to come out next week to explain what happened. Yes. Like we can't. We can't take a week off from this. They need to be on TV and then... The match needs to be set up as a rematch. So I'm happy with it. As long as they go about it in the right creative way, I'm okay with the gun club holding the championships. Uh, I think if you have them lose the titles back to the acclaimed, it makes no sense as to why you took the titles off the acclaimed tonight. Um, it, it's all setting up for a heel turn. Otherwise, tonight is rendered useless. I don't want to see it happen. Absolutely. Seen, I mean, it's just it's just nonsense if that is the case. But, um, you know, Tony Khan and booking babyface. The acclaimed doesn't need to be two-time tag team champions right now. They don't. I no. mean, they're, they're, they're over without the championships. The championships were just the cherry on top of the cake, and it made sense because of what had happened and everything that led into that first match where an audible should have been called with uh, Swerve and Keith Lee, and then we had the, the rematch at Grand Slam. So it was, kind of, it was kind of brewing, and it kind of made sense for the acclaim to be the tag team champions there, even though it might have not have been planned from the get-go. But now they don't need the, t they don't need the titles immediately. I'd love to yeah. see them in something else a little bit more serious, you know, get back in the ranks. Guns, 
I mean, if they're getting legit heat, I think that's good enough to carry them for at least a couple of months through yeah, uh, through double or nothing. You know, it it it, it looks it looks pretty good. You know, this this is an opportunity. This is them taking a chance on these guys. Um, I don't think the Gun Club is necessarily you know ready to be front and center and carrying the tag division. No, but th- but this is a good chance to take and a good chance for the titles to make them a better team. Um, they just need to be booked like complete dicks. Um, and their matches cannot be all won by cheating and fucking nefarious means if you want them to be taken seriously. Right now, it's important to establish what kind of gun club we're looking at going forward. Less of the hijinks, more seriousness, and in-ring work. You can still be heels, but you don't want to give the naysayers any ammo with why they shouldn't be champions at all. Let, let them look like strong champions until the acclaim can come back in a few months and get the titles back. Yeah, totally agree. Anyway, guys, that is all we got for AEW Dynamite tonight. Um, I thought tonight was a fantastic show. Probably the best Dynamite that Tony Khan's done all year so far. I think so. This and was a really this, this was easily a pay-per-view quality match. Yes. And so. it's only and it's only uh the first week of February. So Yeah. We're going on to the second week of February, but great show tonight. Tony Khan's killing it. Revolution shaping up to be a banger, banger, banger of a show. And I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast tonight. We're going to get into the Super Chats and kind of wrap this up early because I still got four Grandmaster Nightfalls to do on Destiny 2, and I want to get that shit wrapped up before Nightfall, or uh, Lightfall. What's the the weapon this week? Uh, The Duty Bound Assault Rifle. I mean, oh, I already got that one. Adept, yeah. The Adept one, yeah, I already got that one. Yeah, 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 the one 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 you're going to want to do is the the last one, where it's the Wendigo returning grenade launcher. Yeah, that's the one I'm waiting for. Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd for the win, says uh, M. Casp in the chat. There you go. Turbo Floyd, bro. Oh, these guys are fucking... They, they, they turned me around within that match. They are fucking... They are entertaining. I like them. Follow us on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up as well. Let's try for... Uh, a thousand. Look, it doesn't look like we're getting there because it was a slow night. I think everybody had a slow night tonight. I don't know why. It's a great show. Um, we got 651 likes. Can we try at least for 750 likes? Can we get another 100 likes in the chat? I think that'd be great. Uh, make sure you guys, like I said, follow us on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys follow Jesse as well, at Chi-Town Smart. Go follow him on YouTube, same at. Uh, live streams and live reactions to Dark and Rampage. And some other content coming there, I'm, I'm assuming, very soon. Um, I do have stuff coming up soon, yes. Yes. And then uh, make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on my channel. And please hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for notifications. We are dangerously close to 141,000 subscribers. YouTube is broken. Uh, YouTube is broken all the time, Mikey, in the chat. I, I don't know, bro. That is what it is. Uh, listen, let's get into the Super Chats here. We're going to start off with Joseph Taylor with a $7 Super Chat. J.D. Jesse, the wrestling moment that made you cry. My wrestling moment, Cody winning the NWA World Title for Dusty at All In. The last moment that I cried legitimately? Um, I, I mean, it's not really crying, but um, I got a little uh, salty in the eyes from Brian winning at WrestleMania 30. I got a little salty in the eyes when The Undertaker put his uh, hat and uh, and coat in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania 33. Uh, and he only came back anyway, so 
That was all ruined. And then uh, with Sami Zayn getting fucking slaughtered at the Royal Rumble, I got a little salty eyed in that one too. Yeah, I, I think I, I think Brian at WrestleMania was probably legitimately the first time that I've ever legitimately had an actual tear come down my face. Yeah, that was incredible. Yes, that was amazing. The, the overall story, and I think what I think the story that WWE told was not the story that for me that made it as incredible as it was. Although it was incredible, it was the organic way that it came about, knowing how it actually came about for me that made it absolutely organic and just a tearjerker right there. Yeah. Isaac, thank you for the new membership, brother. Appreciate you. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Another banger by Brian. He is the GOAT. Brian may be the best pro wrestler in the world. If you if you told me that, I, I would not hesitate at all with you. Yeah. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Rouge versus Brian Danielson match of the night. Easily. Tony Brown with a $4.99. Y'all know what I liked, bro. The me. Oh, God. It's always very, very prominent on AEW Dynamite. Jamie Hayter was out there, bro. Yeah, Tony Storm was there, too. Can't forget about uh, Tony time. It could be Tony time any time of the week. Any, any day of the week, bro. Any day of the week. Lord J. Coyle with 16 months. I feel like we say this every week, but that was one of the best dynamites ever. How good is Roosh? Roosh is fucking awesome. He is Roosh awesome. versus versus Phoenix. Yes. Man. Robert Hall, 85, with a 24 months. He's got his golden microphone in the VIP club legitimately right before we all drink in my mother's basement. Here's to two years. Thank you, Ace. Thank you, Robert Hall. Cheers to you, my brother. Zach Smith with a 279 Super Chat. Mello may take issue with this, but Roosh is him. I don't know what the fuck that means. Mello is him? Does that mean he's higher than Jesus Christ? I mean... I don't really like those. I don't really like those narratives, bro. Those just are very cringe to me. But whatever. Melo's a great talent. And Melo looks great in the new game. He's in the new game. The new WW2K23 game. He was actually scanned. He looks great. PMAC with a $10 Super Chat. JD, Jesse, top three Mercedes matches. And do you think the Kyrie match could be better than Brooklyn 1 now that she's not having to dumb down her skills to make the android look good. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to be better than Brooklyn against Bailey, but my top no. three ba- uh, Mercedes matches, Bailey and Sasha, Brooklyn 1 for sure. Uh, Becky versus Sasha, Helena Cell was incredible. And... I did not like any of the Charlotte matches, so I'm not listing Charlotte. I thought they were incredibly overrated. I'd probably go... I don't know. It's a tough one. I'd probably go Bianca at WrestleMania. What was the, what was the question again? Top three Mercedes matches. Oh, well, I mean... I mean, clearly, Becky, ba- Bailey. Becky, Becky Bailey twice. Yeah. Becky Bailey twice didn't pick a third. You know, yeah. Um, Bianca, I said Bianca at WrestleMania. Maybe. Probably something better than that. She's had so many good ones, though. 
You know the Iron Woman, the Iron Woman match with Bailey on, on uh, in, in NXT. I mean that was. I mean that's probably that that'll probably be number three. I mean that was a great way she took Izzy's fucking uh, headband and, oh and shit God. all over it. I mean that that one probably fucking made Izzy cry. Yeah, oh I mean, my God, dude, I mean, that was so good. Holy her match shit. with Oscar. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, man, took her fucking like her headband or something, and yeah. then took it and. Threw it down, and Izzy turned to her father and cried. And as she cried, her father just kind of smiled and looked at Sasha. That was so good. Oh, man. Yeah, what was that? Take over respect? I mean, I would probably choose that match number three. Respect sure. in Brooklyn. Yeah. And then pick a third. Yeah. Um, excellent question there, PMAC. Uh, Tenario with a $5 super chat. Jamie Hayter is great. I met her. Lucky you. Lucky mother. She may not like us over because she's in Brit's camp, but we're fans. Lucky motherfuckers. Power SAV with a 999. JD, I've been a fan for nine years, and you've got me through tough times. Right now, I'm facing them again, and I'm behind on rent due to COVID, and my hours got cut at work. I don't know if I'll make it, but here's to you. Brother, you're donating $10 to me. I have to give you that $10 back, bro. What the fuck are you doing giving me $10? I don't need $10. Don't give your money to a YouTuber right now. I don't need your money, bro. I appreciate you tremendously. Don't get me wrong, but we'll be here for you, bro. We're not going nowhere. Clone Force 99 with a 499. Who do you see Paul Heyman managing in the future? And ones that come to mind are MJF and Austin Theory. I could see Austin Theory. Good. Austin Theory's got, I think Austin Theory's got uh, everything kind of down on his own. But why would MJF need a manager? How much longer do you think Paul Heyman's going to be doing this on-screen gimmick, man? I don't know. Man, this new camera Maybe. really highlights the gray in my beard, bro. Oh, my goodness. I'm an old man. I mean, you go from you go from Brock Lesnar to Roman Reigns, you got to kind of watch who you go next. I mean, you don't want to, you know, go down. I'll tell you what. Paul Heyman's not going to work with anybody that's not going to be main event. He yeah. only works with main event talent. And if Paul Heyman's not on TV, he needs to be in creative. Yep. If he wants it. Basically. Or an advisor or something. A talent scout. Just cre- no creative. Paul Heyman needs to be in creative. Paul Heyman, Triple H, and William Regal. Creative. Yeah. Right there. Uh, Robert Lamoa with a $5 super chat. There was this podcast, and obviously he's a hater. He said MJF's title reign is worse than CM Punk. Well, whoever the fucking podcast is that said that, clearly he's a retard. So, get him out. Don't listen to shit like that, Robert Lamoa. I don't even know why you bother. Clone Force, 199. What are your guys' favorite top three Randy Orton matches? That's a tough one. Orton Christian, Money in the Bank, 2011. Absolutely. Agreed. Uh, Um, I loved Randy Orton, Mick Foley. um, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, WrestleMania 30. Yes. Or uh, 31. Yeah, 31, yeah. And um, ooh, so many good ones. Maybe Orton and um. It's so mad. Oh, oh, oh yeah, Orton, Triple H, uh, 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 Orton, Batista, and Brian. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, Chris Anthony with a four ninety nine. The MJF potential opponents list reads as follows: Wardlow, Kingston, Hangman, Jungle Boy, Darby, Adam Cole, and Claudio. Yep, all of them are going to be on there. All of them will be on there. That is his, that is going to be his entitled his entire title reign. For sure. 
So fucking Cody Rhodes is about to be on both video games in the same year, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's getting royalties from both. He's going to be on the two biggest companies' video games that, at the same year of release. That's fucking awesome, man. Now, if this was... Uh, if WWE was in charge of Fight Forever, they would not be putting Cody Rhodes in the game. No, they would. No, nope. more royalties they just have to pay out that they don't need to pay out. Yeah, and if I'm, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm definitely not taking them out of the game. Either. No. Oops. Sinister Classic and... M. Skirata with a new membership. Thank you, fellas. What the fuck are you guys drinking? Uh, Francis Loop with a $5 Super Jet. Happy birthday, JD. Thank you, Francis. Hope you had a fun day on your birthday. Saw Dark today. I like the Outrunners tag team. Great old school look. Told you, man. What They're I'm hearing. Cool. These guys might get over uh, and get a fucking uh, temporary contract from TK. They are really fucking cool, man. Chelsea, um, fight forever only has a soft release date of February. It, it was narrowed down to February. So sometime yeah, within they, this they, month. They're going to want to release it in time to, to compete with uh, 2K, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Sinister Classic with a $10 Super Chat. Sorry, I've been gone for so long. Had to renew my membership. MJF hasn't had a match in two months after tonight. He can take another month off. Hats off to the guy. I'm drinking a whiskey sour. Cheers, guys. Love me a good whiskey sour. Sinister and... Thank you for renewing your membership, brother. Happy to have you here. And MJF can wrestle whenever the fuck he wants. If he turns out bangers like that, I don't give a shit if he wrestles once a month. Who gives a shit? He's got a set amount of dates, man. There you go. Good for him. Uh, who do we got next? We got uh, Johnny with a 199. Kip Sabian, Butcher, and Blade is a trio. Clearly. <sighs> Nothing else this for them like to do. Bad, not? This is like a bad swingers party or something. Um, the cake with a five dollar super chat. Happy birthday to the other Jesse, Jesse uh, the Buckeye. Also, thoughts on Thunder Rosa joining the Outsiders, based on the way her title run ended. Uh, she's gonna be a wild card for sure, bro. We don't know. We don't even know when Thunder Rosa's uh, ready to come back, but uh, it should be soon. Melcher said February, so it could be this month. Yeah. The Gary Sphere with a $10 Super Chat. Happy late birthday, JD. Life has gotten busy for me lately, but I still catch your shows when I can, but hope all is well on your run. We are doing good, Gary. Thank you for showing up, man. We're happy to still have you here. No doubt about it. Nick Williams with a $5 Super Chat. I've been busy with my final semester in college. El Paso crowd was chef's kiss. I have a new favorite Danielson match after tonight. After tonight, love to the OTS family. OTS for life. Thank you, Nick. VIP Nick Williams. Philip Newton with a five. I can't believe the Ass Boys won the tag team titles. Believe it. I like it. Nick with a 14-month membership. The best duo in the IWC. Cheers, guys. Thank you, Nick. Tenario with a five. Now that fans can cheer, can you see Brian in Japan? Yes. I mean, uh, you know, if Tony yeah. Khan, if Tony Khan wants to do the right thing this year, I mean, we, we got to get some Danielson and Okada in, in the states for Forbidden Door. Brian does what Brian wants, dude. Yep. So if he wants to go to New Japan, TK's gonna let him. Captain Solo with a 19 months, proud to be a member for 19 months. OTS for life, 1,000 likes minimum. Doesn't look like we're getting there tonight, brother. Uh, thanks for the hours and hours of entertainment. Thank you, Solo. Appreciate you, man. Cake with a $2 super chat. Jungle Hook may be built to beat the gun club. Could be. 
Could be. I can see that. We don't know. Jungle Boy did say he wants to go after singles gold, though. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, he did. Uh, Clone Force 99 with a 199 Super Chat. Top three best wrestlers right now. Uh, two of them you saw in... Uh, they might all be in AEW, to be honest with you. Uh, but... I'm gonna say, and I'm putting up, I'm I'm putting him up there because I mean he is legitimately the top of the fucking mountain. So if you don't like it or not, fuck off, Roman yeah, Reigns. I don't, I don't know what he means by the question though. Like, in ring work or just uh, in I mean I'm just I'm just go I'm just basing it off of what I see now. Uh, Roman Reigns, uh, MJF, and I'm putting Danielson up there after tonight. You know. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say Takeshita, but uh, he's he'll he, he'll get there. Well, we'll be, we'll be talking about Takeshi the same way we talk about Brian in a few years. Yeah. Johnny with a 199. Is Aubrey Edwards the best referee today? Uh, I mean. She's the most popular. She's the most popular. I wouldn't say she's the best, but uh, there are uh, several moments where she looks like, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and, you know. Out and there, so. and you know what? In that regard, to answer the question, yes. Because the referees only look as good as they're booked, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, they just do their job and not be noticed. That's their job, to not be noticed. Yeah. So if you got your ref out there looking bad with, you know, bad no calls or missed this or this net, then that's you booking them to look bad. Yeah. But she is the most popular ref out there right now. For yes. Sure. Uh, Captain Solo, Fidel Super Chat, talking about wrestling events that made me tear up, not going to Lyceum Punk, returning, did it for me. Uh, I could see that. You know, there were several people very emotional by that. Joseph yeah, Taylor, the guy, the guy who got to meet him because he cried on TV. Yep. Joseph Taylor with a five dollar super chat. JD Jesse, if Chris Benoit was still alive, what top three matches would you want to see? Not touching. I'm not answering that question, Joseph. I'm not touching. Uh, I mean, I don't know why this man continues to be mentioned. Not really, man. Rage with a ten dollar super chat. Happy late birthday, JD. Love you and Jesse as much as I love Charlotte Flair. Oh God. God what damn are your you, thoughts about the great Kali coming back to challenge Braun Strowman? Okay. Uh, listen, just get her out. Just get her out. Uh, she's banned from my mother's basement for sure after this next question. Sorry. Jeez. Holy shit, Rage. What are you fucking drinking legitimately? Great Kali. Rep NYC with a $10 Super Jet. Yo, G JD, thanks for the pick last week at Hog. You guys rock OTS for life. Thank you for coming up to me, man. Normally, I'm just very uh, in my own zone there on those shows, but I appreciate you, man. Thank you. And Clone Force, 499 Super Chat. Whenever Orton reaches to 16, could you see WWE doing Orton versus Cena for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania? And who would you have reaching to 17 first? I could see it, but I don't want it. I'd rather it be Cody. And I think John Cena um, should definitely get to 17 first. That's just I think my Randy Orton's career is about to wind down. Yeah. I think Randy if Orton, if, sure. if, if If you've been out for a while and you are a top of the food chain guy in WWE like Randy fucking Orton and you're not here for the WrestleMania build, yep. there's something wrong. Yep. There is something seriously wrong with, with, with Orton and I hope... I hope I'm wrong, and I hope he recovers from anything that he's ailing from right now. Likewise. Uh, and Johnny with a 199. Should Eddie have a feud with Claudio this year? Yes. Absolutely. I'd love to see it. I mean, they've talked about it for so long. Why the fuck not? You know? 
Why not? Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the stream. Hopefully, this new camera went off without a uh, problem today. Everything looked good on my end, so I don't know. Looks I don't good, know. Man. Looks good. Jesse says it's good, so it's good. Uh, appreciate you guys, man. Great stream. Uh, a little shorter than usual because, uh, I mean, the show flew by. It was the quickest two hours I think I had in uh, several weeks. So, there you go. Hopefully, you guys got what you got out of it. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below and turn on that bell for notifications. Also, please hit that thumbs up on your way out the door. I will see you maybe tomorrow with a live stream, depending on the news, if not Friday. And you guys will see me live after SmackDown right here on OTS. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis, those ace emojis in the chat. I need you to turn that music on max. Guys, thank you for a great stream. Excellent dynamite tonight. TK's killing it. Revolution's going to be a banger. And I'll see you guys live tomorrow, if not Friday after SmackDown right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later.